Hello, everyone, and welcome to the From the Hack podcast for week 27 of the 2019-2020 curling season. This week is one of our favorite episodes each season as we catch up with the winners of both the Canadian and U.S. Junior Championships. You'll hear from Luke Violet and Delaney Strauss, the winning skips at the U.S. Junior Curling Championships in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and you'll hear from Mackenzie Zacharias and Jacques Gauthier, fresh off their victories at the Canadian Junior Championships in Langley, B.C. So before we get started, if you've ever wondered how they get those nice graphics into the ice at Grand Slams at the World Championships and at Nationals in Canada and the U.S., well, the answer is provided by Jedi's, whose in-ice graphics from Easy and Textile logos to the world-famous Jedi's Full House product are great ways for clubs to enhance the appearance of their ice and to generate much-needed additional sponsorship revenues. Easy and Textile logos are the industry standard for high-quality logos and they're a snap to install. Meanwhile, Jedi's customizable Full Houses are a relatively new way for clubs to grow sponsorship revenues by offering maximum brand recognition to those sponsors. No one can match Jedi's design services, quick turnaround times, and product quality, which is why Jedi's products are valued by major organizations such as Curling Canada, the World Curling Federation, USA Curling, and Sportsnet, who trust Jedi's to provide the products they require for their high-profile events. Jedi's. They bring ice to life. Before we get to our interviews with some of the curling world's best junior curlers, I wanted to give a shout out to the teams that won their provincial championships in Canada on the weekend. In fact, five more teams earned the right to represent their province at the 2020 Scotties Tournament of Hearts. In Alberta, Laura Walker qualified for her first Scotties by going undefeated for the weekend, beating two-time world junior champion Kelsey Rock in the final. Marianne Arsenault defeated her longtime teammate Colleen Jones in the Nova Scotia Scotties final and will represent her province at the Scotties for the 14th time. In Saskatchewan, Robin Silvernagel led her team to a second consecutive provincial title, defeating Sherry Anderson, who will now look to win a third consecutive Canadian and World Senior Championship. In New Brunswick, Andrea Crawford repeated as provincial champion, defeating Sylvie Quillian in the final. And the last provincial final on the women's side this past weekend was Noemi Vero winning the Quebec Scotties by defeating 2018 Canadian junior runner-up Laurie St. George in the final. In men's tankard play on the weekend, Alex Bedard defeated Vincent Roberge in the final of the Quebec tankard, and Jamie Murphy will return to the bar for a sixth time after defeating Kendall Thompson in the Nova Scotia tankard final. My first guest this week is Luke Violet, who led his team to the 2020 United States Junior title after winning the past three U.S. Juniors, playing third for Andrew Stapira. So, Luke, this was her fourth consecutive U.S. Junior title, but it was a little bit different than the other three because it was the first time that you actually skipped the team. How does it feel to have led your team to a U.S. Junior National Championship? Uh, well, it's, it's definitely different. Um, I like it. love skipping. It's a role that uh, I've been trying to you know, embrace throughout the year, and it's, it's been a journey, but I definitely felt like it all kind of came together this last week and uh, throughout the week I just kind of felt uh, more confident as uh, the week went along and by the time the final came around I was kind of the most comfortable I'd ever been throwing shots to win and uh, it was it was really fun. Your team's experience at the U.S. Juniors had to be an advantage for you and the guys but I was wondering if you had to deal with and manage any additional pressure because of the expectations many had placed on your team as the odds-on favorites to win the title. Uh, well, I mean, it's definitely something that, that we have to manage, and I think it's kind of one of the uh, main ideas of 
kind of having the high-performance program is to put us young juniors in pressure situations, kind of put that target on our back, um, kind of because we are a high-performance team. It's pretty typical that we kind of get everyone's best game throughout the week. You know, even if a team's goal might not be to win the championship, they might circle the game against us and be like, ah, let's just play well or let's see if we can beat those guys and that will make our week. Um, but uh, like you said, you know, this is our fourth straight year wearing that uh, high-performance crest on our jacket, so it's something that uh, we've become quite used to over the years, and I think especially this year I felt a lot more confident than I had in the past there. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's still a factor for sure. We are, whenever you're the favorite, then you know you've worked so hard all year and your whole life for something, and it all comes down to one week or one shot. I mean, shoot, I was, I was drawn against seven in the second game of the round robin, I think, the, the sixth end, and that's when you kind of start to feel like, shoot, you know, here we go. But uh, that's what uh, all the years of experience and preparation come for us, where that comes into play, and I think we were very ready for that. I heard from people that were on site in Eau Claire for the U.S. Juniors that your team made a lineup change early in the week. Can you take me back to that decision and how proud were you of the way your team stepped up after the lineup change? Yep. So um, obviously the first two games uh, didn't go too hot for us. We were, um, I mean, obviously we, we still won the games, but they're tight. Uh, to make a draw against seven in the second game and uh, we played an extra end in the first game and the game, both games we kind of controlled the whole time. So um, we kind of decided that we need to make a lineup change, and we uh, decided to put John in, and then have uh, Ben throw third, uh, John second, and then G have G vice. And this was a lineup that uh, we hadn't really worked with much throughout the year, um, just two games uh, in the uh, a couple weekends ago in the men's challenge round. Um, so it was kind of a big decision uh, for the team, for Coach Ty, but uh, we all handled it well. And uh, the instant we stepped on the ice, there was just kind of a, a chemistry change, a lot more energy. We were all out there kind of playing for each other, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And the shots came naturally. Communication came naturally. Like I said, the energy came naturally, and we just were on a roll instantly. And it's, I've never really seen anything like that, just to have that instant chemistry and uh, to be a part of it was something really special and it's definitely the part of the week that I'm most proud of and that was kind of most fun um and uh just like to thank the boys if you're listening uh for being a part of that and um transitioning so well because uh like I said it was a lot of fun and uh I think this is definitely feels the best of any team that I've ever been with out there your team had a lot of experience playing in a championship game at the U.S. Juniors, which was likely an advantage to you. Can you take us through the championship game quickly? Was there a specific moment where you felt like your team took control, or were there moments where you were concerned that it might be slipping away a little? Kind of the first thing you hinted at, uh, the experience factor, I think, is, is really important for us. and I think that's kind of our, our greatest strength, especially in these junior national fields, is just that we've played in so many more national finals than our opponents that we definitely have an easier time getting over those jitters we understand that the game's going to be closer than we want it to be and we're going to have to grind it out we've when we know we've done it countless times and we know what it's going to take i think it helps a lot so uh, this particular game obviously we had the hammer to start which was nice um got forced in the first end they missed the draw for two in the second and then we we're able to kind of get uh a junior deuce, we get a junior deuce set up early uh, in the third end and hold it. 
And so after that, we kind of had the two-point lead, and they didn't really play overly aggressively. So we were very consistently, especially without the hammer, able to kind of neutralize their ends early on. So that's where you could, I think, if you look at the scoreboard, there's a blank or two traded ones for a while, but we were able to just kind of play fairly defensively and comfortably. Um, and then in the eighth end, they uh, staggered the, their center guards early. So we decided to try to come around and sit three and kind of go for it. We were uh, up up one with an eight and uh, ended up, we ended up missing a couple shots and it backfired and I actually had to throw a draw to the forefoot against three. So that was kind of the one point in the game where we, we were nervous, I guess, if you could not, not necessarily nervous, but where there was an opportunity for us to lose control. Um, but uh, we obviously we, we made the draw and executed it, and then going up to a nine at that point, we knew there was a very you know good chance that we'd be either tied or one up with the hammer coming home. And so even right then and there, I kind of started thinking about uh, throwing what is the draw to win the game at that point, and uh, we played a good ninth end, got the force, and uh, John made, G made one of his ticks, and then John made a really nice double to lose the center guard and their one that was uh, top button at that point and clear it, and all we had to do is make our peels and draw the, and I had the, saw the draw of the eight foot coming, was prepared for it, and uh, it was, we made it effortlessly pretty much, and it was fun to have that shot for the win. Tell me about that last shot, about having to make a draw for the U.S. Junior Championship. Uh, what was going through your mind, and what were you thinking about when you realized that your draw would stop in time and that you would win your fourth consecutive U.S. Juniors? Yeah, so it's definitely uh, a little different uh, being the skip throwing it, uh, especially as, as the third. You, you kind of just, especially on those draws, I mean, all you can do is tell them what the line's doing, so you're pretty much just, standing there and hoping, which is kind of in a lot of ways the worst feeling in the world. Um, so I was definitely glad to be one of the other three this time. And uh, it's I, I kind of hinted at it in my previous response, but uh, I was pretty certain, I mean, for the last, since right after I threw the draw against three and eight, that I was going to throw that same draw to win the game. So I had quite a lot of time to get mentally prepared for it. And as even something that, uh, you know, kind of in the past I'd gotten pretty critiqued on, I guess, my draw weight as a player. And so going into the season, it was something that I wanted to have to make a draw to win the national final just as kind of a, not not, not necessarily as a way to prove myself, but just kind of as a challenge, right? I wanted to make sure, sure that I, I knew I could, could draw the, in big situations. So uh, I knew if I kind of had the choice that I wanted to draw. So especially putting those things together, I was pretty sure that would be the case. Um, as that game progressed, and uh, I'd been fortunate enough to really have my draw weight that week, and uh, it, the ice was holding up very consistently, so we pretty much knew I'd probably it'd be a nice 14-5, and I'd have to throw about a round of 4-0, and we talked about the beginning the end, and then I talked about it to the boys as I was coming down, and uh, let go of the stone, knew I was close. They said that they got their 4-0, so it was pretty much... Uh, just a, a light sweep down the way. I mean, if you're watching the game, you could kind of see it, uh, us get a little bit intense uh, calling them on. Part of it was just kind of having fun in the moment. But uh, I pretty much knew from the time I let it go that as long as it didn't grab that we had it. But obviously when you see those things start to come down a little bit in the moment, you, you get you get a little intense. But I ended up uh, the guys brought it all the way full force. So it was, it was just the perfect amount of close but not too close. 
Finally, Luke, you and your team will now represent the U.S. at the World Juniors, where you have uh, some unfinished business, as it were, having lost in the World Junior Final in 2017 while playing third for Andrew Sapira. What is the mindset for your team heading into the World Juniors in Russia? Um, same as it's been kind of ever since that silver medal. Um, we want nothing more than to win that world title, and we've really been knocking at the door the last couple of years. Um, so we've definitely approached this season with the soul you know, with the idea of what are we going to do differently to get over that hump. And uh, a lot of it just has been about how we approach the year, growth mindset, and just kind of when we're making decisions throughout the year, preparing ourselves to peak for that world championship. Obviously, it's tough because you got to get through your, your junior national championship first. Um, but we've done that now. So now it's all towards uh, focusing and preparing ourselves to win that world title. My next guest is Delaney Strauss, who led her team to a first U.S. junior title by upsetting a team that consisted of two players from each of the teams that faced each other in last year's U.S. junior final. Delaney, we are recording this interview about 48 hours after you won the U.S. juniors in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. How does it feel to be a U.S. junior champion? It feels really good. I definitely feel like it's still sinking in. Like, you forget every once in a while, and then... You remember and you just are smiling down the street and you probably look crazy, but it's been a dream of mine for a long time, so it's just been a really exciting past couple of days. The team you played in the championship final was essentially an all-star team that included two players from each team that met in last year's junior championship final, which means they had a leg up on you in experience. I realize that you lost to them in the round robin, but how important was that round robin game to prove to yourselves that you could compete with Team Farrell? Definitely. It was extremely important. We unfortunately lost our round-robin game, but it was a great aggressive game. It was a high-scoring game, and usually I like to say that if it's a high-scoring game, there's usually a lot of mistakes, but that was not the case in this game. It was just a really great game of curling on both sides, and it was obviously disappointing to lose, but I wasn't necessarily disappointed with the game and our playing ability. And I definitely wanted that game back just to do a do-over because I thought that we were capable of winning. So I was happy that I was able to play them in the final so I could get that redo, and we were able to prove that we could come out on top. You were down 4-1 after four ends of the championship final. How important was the three points you got in the fifth end to not only tie the game, but to rebound quickly after falling behind and, of course, swinging the momentum back into your direction? Yeah, the three in the, um, the fifth was very important obviously to tie the game we were able to capitalize on a not so great end by um Cora Farrell's rink so we were able to capitalize on that which I think was really good and make some really great shots we ended up scoring three in the forefoot which isn't necessarily the ideal way to score three but hey whatever works and it just really got our momentum back to the second half of the game and we played even stronger than we did in the first half Team Farrell stole a point in the 10th to tie the game, which could have been deflating at that stage of the national final. What did you and the team discuss between the 10th and the 11th in order to regain your focus? Um, yes, definitely. We had a quick little conversation to bring us back down to earth and to calm us down. Um, my third Sydney, she's my rock. I was getting a little nervous, and she was able to calm me down there, which was extremely important for me. So we were just able to regain focus and establish a great a game plan keeping it open and that's what we were able to do in the 10th to keep the forefoot open and be able to score one point 
There are thousands of junior curlers that have ended practice over the years by imagining they had a draw to the forefoot to win a national championship. You got to live that dream in Eau Claire at the U.S. Juniors. Tell me about that draw to the forefoot and how long did it take you to know you had made it once you let it go? Yeah, something that I've like experienced this year is a lot of a lot of pressure as the skip. I've never really skipped a team, definitely not at this level. I've skipped a little bit at the U18 level, but nothing like this. I've missed a lot of draws to the forefoot to win games this year, and so I really, really wanted to make this one. So we did call a timeout to talk because we did have a nose double also to win the game. Our coach came out, and she basically said, you know, it's whatever you're going to make, but I really think you should ignore those red rocks and draw to the forefoot. And I said, you're right. We put the broom down, and I just slowly skated down. And when I let go of the rock, I actually said the words, it's close. I knew it was good out of my hand, and I pretty much knew we won the game out of my hands. I saw my sweepers pretty heavily start to sweep in the first couple seconds and then come off, and that's when I really knew. And it was really exciting to know that when you let go of the rock, it's kind of up to them. And they had a great sweep to get it to the forefoot. And when it stopped, it was just a really great feeling to finally make one. And finally, Delaney, once the rock stopped and you realized that you were a U.S. junior champion, what went through your mind and who were you thinking about? Oh, it was honestly surreal. I was thinking about my family. I mean, I wanted to celebrate with my teammates, but I was extremely excited to go out and see my dad and my brother and my mom too but really to see my dad I was just so excited that I was going to be able to go hug him he's been like my biggest supporter for the longest time and after giving my teammates a big hug that's definitely my first thing that I want to do If you're looking to buy some new curling equipment, look no further than Hardline. They offer premium curling equipment that is a choice of the world's top curlers. Whether it's the U.S. Olympic gold medalist Team Schuster or women's Olympic gold medalist Sweden's Team Hasselberg. Or how about the top Canadian teams like Briar Champs Team Cooey, Team Gushu, Team Jacobs, Team Carruthers, and world champions like Team Adine and Team Tiranzoni. The list is endless. And Hardline's new composite broom, the Hybrid Helium, is perfect for beginners. The lightest composite broom on the market. It's lighter than air. They offer a full range of equipment to get you playing your best, including shoes, apparel, and a pro-slide delivery aid designed by Reed Carruthers. Visit their website at www.hardlinecurling.com and join the revolution. Mackenzie Zachariah skipped her team from Winnipeg to the Canadian Junior title on the weekend, a first title for Manitoba in the women's event at the Canadian Juniors since Caitlin Laws went back-to-back in 2008 and 2009. Mackenzie Zachariah is joined from the hack to discuss her team's big win in Langley, B.C. on the weekend. So Mackenzie, we are chatting less than 48 hours after your big win in Langley. How does it feel to be a Canadian Junior champion? Yeah, I mean, we woke up this morning pretty early to head to the airport and when we woke up, it definitely hasn't sunk in yet for me. I don't think it will for a little while. It's still incredible to think that we're going to be able to represent Canada in a few weeks in Russia. Before we get into the event last week in Langley, I want to take you back to last year's Canadian Juniors where you skipped a different lineup to a 5-1 record in the round robin before going 1-3 in the championship round and just missing the playoffs. What did you learn from that experience last year that helped you at this year's Canadian Juniors? Yeah, so me and my sister were fortunate enough to be able to represent Manitoba last year as well. And um, we went into the event um, wanting to do the best that we could, and we ended up having a very successful um, first-round robin, but then falling just short in the championship pool. Um, we learned a lot that year and a lot of, like, from the teams that were there and the teams that won, like, what it takes to really win that event and what it, 
what kind of focus and um, goals you need to go into the event with. So we definitely took some stuff away from that, as well as how to like pace yourself through the event and just stuff like that. And then Carly and Lauren were also a big help as they were bronze medalists last year and champions the year before. So they have been there a few times and were able to help with, help me and Emily um, with any experience that we hadn't had yet. That all worked really well when we came to the championship this year. You just mentioned Carly Burgess and Lauren Lenentine, who joined the team this season and who both have a bunch of experience at the Canadian Juniors. What impact did Carly and Lauren have on you and the team both during the season and more specifically at the Canadian Juniors? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we met them for the first time during the summer, actually, well, besides Nationals last year. And um, we really just connected right away as everything just kind of clicked and everything throughout the season was just so much easier because we were able to become friends as well as teammates. So the whole season itself was a lot of fun getting to compete with these girls. And I just felt like every single time that we played together, we were able to get a little bit better. And when it came to provincials and then to nationals, they were really able to help us just, like, um, what to focus on, what to expect when we were playing on TV, what to expect with the mics and stuff like that. And just every all the little things they were able to help us with. And it just turned out really well in the end, and we were able to win the Canadian Championship with some great friends. Mackenzie, there's really no denying that your team is essentially an all-star team that was created to chase the Canadian and World Junior titles. You had to know that the move would frustrate some people who believe that juniors is a little too early to create all-star teams with the use of import players. So I'm wondering what your mindset was when you decided to create this team and how you've dealt with any criticism you may have received as a result. Yeah, there hasn't been too much talk about that during the season, which has been kind of nice. But um, definitely like when we announced our team moving around the country in juniors isn't terribly common yet, but it's definitely getting more common as there was a couple other teams at nationals with a few more, like, imports that had to move cross-country. Yeah, so we're one of the first teams to do that, so it's not quite common yet. But I think the reason why we did it is because it was my last year, junior curling, Carly's last year, and we all, we are four athletes that all had the same goal in mind. We all wanted to win provincials, win Canadians, and give ourselves a chance at Worlds. And so far we've been able to do that because I think that we've all had the same goal. And I think it's worth the move if you're playing with the right athletes. Your team played very well throughout this year's Canadian Juniors going undefeated. Did you feel like you found your groove from the outset or was it more of a slow build throughout the week? Yeah, I think that it was kind of like a slow build. We've been building on since Provincials. We started playing really well at the end of Provincials and then we were able to build on that as we got to Nationals. And then we had won a couple of rougher games at Nationals, which kind of, but we were able to just squeak out the wins, so we were able to kind of build off that, and then heading into some of our last championship round-robin games, we were really able to hit our stride, and I feel like just after that, we just kept moving up and up and up until the final. Qualifying for a Canadian Junior Final was a new experience for you, and then you had to wait 48 hours before actually playing in that final. How did you go about keeping yourself distracted during that time so that you weren't continuously thinking about the final and anticipating it too much? Yeah, we definitely had a long time to wait after our final game at 9 in the morning on Friday. During that time, we just kind of took it easy, tried not to think about the final too much. We just woke up the next morning, and we toured a little bit, and we practiced, and we made sure we ate really good. And then when it came to the final, we were all just, like, kind of waiting just to play it already because we we had waited 48 hours, so none of us were really too nervous. We were more just excited to play. So I think that actually really worked in our favor. 
Many times when a curler wins a major championship, they don't get the time to enjoy it and to let it sink in during the actual game because they are so busy trying to maintain the lead or to catch up to the opposition. After you scored your fourth spot in the eighth to take control of the championship final, did you take a few seconds and get to soak in what was about to happen for you and your team? Yeah, so we were definitely like very much so in the zone for the whole game and definitely for the first part of the game because like we were trading ones, the game was very close, both teams were playing very good, it was anyone's game. And then in the fourth end we were very fortunate enough to be able to score four. And I think at that point we kind of just told ourselves to breathe and just remain focused and just to play out the last two ends. And I think that we were able to do that while still enjoying the moment, enjoying the shots that we were being able to play. And um, and then just at the end of it all, I think we just really took it in and just, it was just amazing. Finally, Mackenzie, your team is now headed to Russia to represent Canada at the World Junior Championships. Tell me how excited you are to get to Russia, put that maple leaf on your back and represent your country at the World Juniors. Yeah, I'm very excited. I mean, it's a pretty quick turnaround. We only have two weeks until we leave, but um, it's going to be a very exciting two weeks and I feel like our team is on a roll right now. So we're just going to try to like keep keep that going into Worlds and stuff like that and just hopefully we can play our best there and just take it one game at a time and we're just going to see what happens. Our final guest this week is Jacques Gauthier who actually lost in the Manitoba Provincial Final this year but qualified for the Canadian Juniors after UConn pulled out of this year's Nationals. Gauthier and his team took advantage of their opportunity and won the Canadian Juniors earning Manitoba a fifth title in the Junior Men's in the past eight years. Well, Jacques, it's been about 48 hours now since your big victory in Langley. Uh, has it sunk in yet that you're a Canadian junior champion? That's a great question. I mean, it's, it's kind of just starting to settle in. I don't think it hit really any of us until we landed in Winnipeg yesterday. And uh, we, were, we were met uh, with a guy telling us to put our jackets on and our medals on because there was media and the piper and all that kind of stuff at the airport. So I think kind of when we were walking down the stairs there, it kind of started to settle in and just being back home and watching a little bit of the game, it kind of starts to feel real because it just kind of felt like we were living in a dream for, for the longest time. Before we start talking about the 2020 Canadian Juniors, I want to take you back to earlier this season. You are first as a skip of an elite junior team after playing third for JT Ryan for a while. What, if anything, surprised you about skipping at the elite junior level? Oh, uh, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I mean, yeah, in the past, I definitely was the third uh, with, with JT, and getting that experience was awesome, but... I think it was nice for all four of us to come in to Nationals this year as a completely different team. Um, even though last year Jordan and I had lost the final, I don't think we were thinking about that. We were thinking about how this team was completely different and uh, trying to make a name for ourselves uh, in our own right. And um, I think, you know, throughout the week, for me personally, it was just surprising how much media coverage uh, is actually out there. I mean, especially after now, after we've won, just like how many uh, interviews there are and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, there wasn't any sort of uh, additional pressure, I don't think. I think I felt the exact same amount of pressure as a third as I did from a skip. It was just just a lot more interesting to see the perspective of a skip as uh, people are kind of chasing you down after a lot of the draws, looking for your perspective on different games. Before we started recording, I was asking you how bummed you had been to lose the provincial final in Manitoba, only to get into the Canadian Juniors after UConn decided not to send a team. Can you share with our audience what you told me when I asked you that question? Because I'm not sure many in the audience will know how that all went down. Actually, what I think is pretty unknown information is that going into provincials, 
when we received the draw for provincials before we'd even thrown a rock, before we even left Winnipeg, we knew that there was two spots because uh, Crow Manitoba sent us an email with the draw saying that two bursts had been awarded. So, you know, immediately, while our goal was still to win the provincial championship, our main goal was just to be in the final because both teams in the final knew that they were going to nationals. So it wasn't actually that we found it after the fact. Um, our big, big moment was when we qualified, we knew we had, only had to win one more game to actually get to nationals. And so when we beat Brett the first time, uh, we knew that we were off to Langley. We just didn't know what jackets we were wearing. So, I mean, I mean that being said, like the next day in the final, we still wanted to win it. We still wanted to be wearing the yellow and white. But, um, you know, after we lost, we could still take solace in the fact that we were still going to Langley. We still had a chance to win the Canadians. So, Jacques, before getting into uh, the actual uh, competition in Langley at the 2020 Canadian Junior Championship, I know that uh, you're tight with three-time Canadian Junior Champion Tyler Tardy. He's your cousin, and the two of you are pretty close. That said, how happy were you when you found out that he had decided not to play in Junior Provincials to try and earn another trip to the Canadian Juniors? <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty glad. I didn't really believe it, honestly. I got to Nationals. Uh, and he was one of the first people I saw there at the club, and I wanted. To, I kept asking him, like, oh, are you sure you're not missing this? Are you sure you don't want to be playing? And he kept saying no, 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 and uh, I wanted just to make sure not, I don't know. I, I obviously wanted to know if he was going to miss it or not, but I wanted to make sure he wasn't playing still and he wasn't just going to bamboozle me last minute. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think for him, he was he was happy taking the year off and kind of focusing his sights on men. It's not a bad idea considering... You got it. You need it all the years and all the points you can to qualify for the pre-trials, and that's what he was telling me. His biggest, biggest focus is, and uh, I mean, he's obviously a tremendous competitor and an even better friend than me. So it was nice that we didn't have to run into each other this year because if we did, you know, only one of us could have won, and uh, you saw that last year when he when he beat us in the final. Some people in the Canadian curling community did express some disappointment that a team that had failed to win the provincials ended up winning the Canadian juniors. Did you guys have to deal with any of that during the week, or were you firmly inside your bubble and not paying too much attention to anything happening off the ice? Uh, I think for the, the entire week we just totally ignored it because the only way I think anyone really ever talked about it or it ever became an issue is if we won the Canadians. And, I mean, if that were to happen, it would be an issue that I think we would all be happy to face. And so after after Canadians, there's definitely, you know, some stuff on social media about, you know, just questioning. And I, and I completely understand that. It's completely non-traditional. But that being said, the people that released those tweets uh, reached out to us individually saying that their, their beef wasn't with us winning. Uh, it was just with the format. And, and I completely understand that. I remember when I first heard about the wild card game, I was a little bit skeptical about that as well, but growing up in a province that, you know, produced likes of Braden Calvert and Matt Dunstone, but they were both at the same time, I don't think that this is a bad thing for the game. I think that when I was younger and I was watching those two go out in the provincial final, I always thought it was a shame that only one of them could get out of the province, as they showed they were two of the top teams in Canada. And I think... Just going into the week, I think to be crowned a Canadian champion, you should be able to beat any team in Canada. You should be able to to be the, the best team in Canada or to call yourself that. You should be able to beat 
any team in Canada. And so while it's not traditional to have two teams from the same province, I think we could have had, you know, our top three from Manitoba and all three could have won. And not unlike your fellow Manitobans on the women's side, you spent some 48 hours between your last championship pool game and the final. How did you guys fill that time and what did you do not to get too preoccupied with what was obviously the biggest game of your young careers? Honestly, I think what helped is that we had played so many games up to that point. I think after we played Ryland Quieter in the morning, uh, a game that we were down in, we after we won that game, we were both, or we were both, all four of us were just so exhausted that we went back to the hotel, basically slept the entire afternoon and went out for supper. And then the next day, I mean, we had the day off, but we were still so just, it was just, it's a long week and it really wears you out. So, Although we were sitting with that thought the whole time, I think that uh, we weren't we weren't over consuming ourselves with it. I think that we thought about it a healthy amount. We knew what that game meant, but we didn't let it eat away at us. And uh, I think we had the same kind of thing in the provincials when we beat uh, Brett in the one one game at night. We had all morning to kind of think about the provincial final the next day. And I think that. The four of us learned from our approach towards that game because all four of us, I think, approached that game the wrong way. And I think we learned from our mistake in that way. We we were really excited to practice because you get a you get a practice before the final uh, on Saturday night, and we we're all really excited to practice just to test out our rocks, make sure that they were the ones that we wanted. And uh, we were all really really focused for that practice, something that we weren't focused for provincials. We kind of just went out there and went through the motions and got off the ice. But at Nationals, I thought that we really, really focused. We bared down for the half an hour that we got, tried to throw a multitude of shots just to prepare us for the final. And then in the final, I thought that, uh, again, we were really focused. None of us were too nervous. None of us were too anxious. We just kind of were ready to play by that time. You curled 92% as a team in the Canadian Junior Final. Now, I realize that you would have been fine with curling 52% as long as you won the game, but how proud are you of how your team stepped it up in such a big moment? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, I think uh, you know, as you go down the line, the numbers that, you know, we posted aren't possible without support from the front end. I mean, uh, Zach played 99% and Braden, I mean, pretty well close to that, so... You know, if those guys don't play well in front of me, I'm going to have super, super hard shots. And they made it easy on me the entire final. Uh, you know, it, I can't say enough about Zach playing big and big-time games. I mean, the game before that against Quieter, he had the best part, the best game to the, of the week to that point. And in the last end, he made two absolutely perfect kicks. And then he followed that performance up with an absolutely dandy performance in the final. And I thought... For us, that was a great redemption game because we played in the uh, provincial final and all four of us were just not not on our game. So it was really, really nice to see that uh, that we still do have a, a final, you know, a, a top-tier caliber within us when it matters. And finally, Jacques, the next step for your team will be the World Championships in Russia. I realize that you've been to the World Juniors before as an alternate for Tyler Tardy's team, but that said, how does it feel to be headed to Russia where you will skip your own team with a Maple Leaf on your back? It's probably not even going to feel real if they were there, uh, especially because we're such great friends with the girls' team. I mean, shout out to them as well. They've had an absolutely fantastic week in Langley, and we're so, so excited not only not only to represent Canada, but to represent Canada with them is a real is a true honor to us. Uh, we uh, we really can't wait. We've been looking up all sorts of Russian terms, trying to teach ourselves the basics. 
We were looking at pictures of it the other day, and uh, I think once we get all of our off-ice stuff, this is Canada in the mail. It's, I, I can't wait to see it. It's just giving me goosebumps thinking about it, and, um, yeah, it's really going to be a dream come true. And that does it for this week's episode of the From the Hack podcast. Join us next time as we begin our Scotty's preview. If you haven't done so yet, please follow us on Facebook and on Twitter for all our latest curling content. I'm Frank Rock, and this is From the Hack.